Welcome back, besties, to another episode of IEM Besties. I'm Stephanie Ramirez. I'm Vanessa Casares. And today we're going to do a little something different for you guys, just because we want to get to know, we want you guys to get to know us a little mm -hmm. better mm -hmm. with questions that you might have from us that we would just love to answer. So that's kind of how the show is going to be rolling today. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. You guys sent in a lot of really good questions for us, so let's get into it. Let's get in this shit. Let me just open. Um, I guess <laughs> I'll read one and then you can read, okay, well, read one. Go back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. If you were a dog, <laughs> what kind would it be and why? <laughs> um, I think if I was a dog, I would like to be... A golden retriever, but if I was owned by, like, white people. <laughs> what? Because I feel like white people treat their golden retrievers, oh, yeah. like, amazing, and they just yeah. have the best life in the whole world. Yeah, I see the TikToks of them, like, living life. Yes, lavishly. So, yeah, lavish. I would like to live in the snow, too, if I was a dog. Like a husky? No, 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 no. no. I would never want to be a husky. Yeah, me neither. They're too much. They're too loud. Yeah. I just think golden retrievers that live in, like, fucking Montana or something. Oh, are just living the best life. They just have free range to run everywhere. What are, what are those dogs called that they like? Is it when they cattle? It's oh, oh, oh. Um, like I don't know. Hounds? But no, no, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know what <laughs> I'm thinking. I know which ones you're talking about, but I don't remember the breed. But dude, that one of those two, because yeah. they are fucking smart. I actually read that they're yeah. like the smartest dogs. Like they're yeah. the most trainable. Yeah. Um, I think I would like to be like a little teacup multi poo of like a rich asian woman <laughs> who would just you know have me in her purse her louis vuitton you know just take me everywhere <laughs> get me groomed like every other day you know get my nails done my hair done and just live life yes on the I, fast lane. <laughs> I would also like <laughs> i would also i wouldn't mind being like a stray dog but in mexico <laughs> Only because I feel like they live a long time. That's so sad. Though. Well, you they're know, lacking love. No, uh, they have each and other. They're in the streets. Yeah, but they have each other. I've never seen a stray dog in the street that looked happy. I've seen in the pueblos in Mexico. They look happy, trust. But maybe they're just Damn. not stray dogs and they just chill. Like they're part of just the neighborhood. Yeah, Because yeah. for real, I've seen them. I I've literally witnessed them. You know, them. if I was a stray dog, I'd be going to like the little taco cars and I'd be like looking sad on purpose, like. Hopefully they throw me some That's what I'm saying. Like they just live a long time and I feel like they can eat anything and they never yeah, get sick. Yeah. My fucking dogs are literally like, oh, I can't have real chicken because my stomach hurts. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <laughs> that shit pisses me off. Stray dogs are indestructible until they get, you know, That's run over. True. Yeah, love that. Okay. <laughs> First impressions of each other. Mm. I don't that remember. Was a long time I don't ago. remember the first time I saw you. To be honest, I don't know if you remember the first time you saw me. I remember the first time seeing you, but it was online. It was on Hugo's, like, um, because you know you were always his model, so I would always stalk you because <laughs> that's what I do. I stalk people on Instagram, and I remember I would go on your shit, and I'd be like, "Damn, she's hella pretty." But then when I met you, I think I actually met you my twenty first birthday. Oh, that was the first time we met I in person? I think that was the first time we met in person. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hugo shot her 21st birthday, mm -hmm. took pictures, and I was there. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah, I actually had a good time. Nice. I have so many pictures of her because Hugo took a lot of pictures of her that night. 
They're cute. Like, I still have them because whatever. I fucking like them. Yeah, he sent but, me one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> you were like, is this a Nessus party? <laughs> oh, my God. But you were super nice. I remember you being super nice. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Because I finally put, like, a voice to the face. Yeah. I hate not knowing what people sound, sound like. like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't remember the first. Honestly, I don't remember my first impression of Steph. But I do remember thinking, like, she was very cool and loud, but not in, like, an obnoxious way. Like, just very, like, her personality was very vibrant and very, like, she didn't care to, like, I feel like a lot of people, like, when they're in public, if they have that kind of big, vibrant personality, they like to reduce themselves, you know, like, be a little more quiet Mm -hmm. or to themselves. But she's not like that. (laughs) She's like herself (laughs) all the time. So I I remember thinking, like, I like that because I feel like I'm that way. Like, I could be very loud, but... In certain settings, I can, like, dim my light. Just, mm. like, you know, but she doesn't do that. So I thought that was cool. <laughs> I'm, yeah. trying, I'm all obnoxious. No, no, no. Not in, a, not in an obnoxious way, for sure. All right. Um, opinions on Un Verano Sinti al- album. It's really fucking long. <laughs> I haven't finished it. I, I've only been listening to the ones that people post. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've heard Después de la Playa. That shit's a bop. Yeah. And then I recently, let me see. I recently heard one this morning actually and I was like, "Ooh, this shit's good." Um, I like the song, Yo no soy celoso. It's just like a cute like I imagine myself like being on a beach, like laying under a cabana with like a, a drink and Ooh. just like vibing. I also like my the ones I really liked was um Party Effecto and Tarot. Those are the ones that really stood out to me. Did you listen um, to the whole album? Like, yeah, I, I did listen to the whole thing. I'm not gonna lie, I did think it was good. I don't think it was his best album, but it's definitely like good, I guess. I think it like the songs that I have listened. Obviously, it's very summer vibes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it, it was no shit. You know, he's dropping yeah, it right before for summer. summer. Yeah, just, thank God. Yeah. But but are you like one of those people that listens to the whole album through? Um, if I could, yeah, like. When I listened to his album, I was cleaning and then I, I immediately jumped to like getting ready and like showering. So I was able to like listen to like the whole mm. thing. But um, I'm not going to lie, I kind of did space out sometimes. Because like, you know, when you get caught up like doing yeah. stuff, you kind of like stop listening to the music. But honestly, I'm not going to lie. I, I understand like a lot of diehard fans like, oh my God, it's so fucking good. I don't think I'm a diehard fan. So for me, it was just okay. Like it wasn't like out of this world, but it was good. You know, I'll give it like a seven out of ten. Oh, wow. I haven't listened to it, so I'm not going to judge it. But I'm not a diehard fan either. Yeah. I am a fan, though. I'm a fan. I'm not a diehard. Yeah, yeah. like I'm not like, oh my God, he's the fucking greatest yeah. in the world. Yeah. He probably is. Right now, he's maybe not a little. My- my personal favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing Who, against Bad Bunny. Who's your personal rap, um, reggaeton artist right now? Right now? Mm, I think just in general, it's always been Daddy Yankee. Yeah. Yeah, because I've listened to him since I was a little girl. Yeah. So I feel like he's just always yeah. been my... Honestly, for me, no one's ever going to talk Wisin y Andel. Like, I'm so sorry, but Wisin y Andel really just... But I like them together. Yeah. Oh no, together for sure. Yeah. yeah like yeah, individually, yeah. I like mm. a few songs, but together they just fucking yeah, work. Yeah. Like Wisin Yandel to me is gonna be like the most Wisin Yandel. Literally, <laughs> I would kill to go to one of their concerts now. Like if they came together and just yeah. put out some shows, bitch, I'm in there. You know, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone who's been to see Wisin Yandel. Me either. I've seen Daddy Yankee though, and let me fucking tell you, that man puts on a yeah. show. Ooh. I seen Don Omar too. And he was whatever. Actually, it was a Don Omar and Daddy Yankee like concert. Oh, okay. But like Daddy Yankee came out first, and I was like, mm, 
babe. And then Don Omar came out and I was like, <laughs> not gonna lie, like the crowd was dead after because Don Omar doesn't really have like that much of Movida song. So I was like, yeah. eh. you know who I used to like too? Um, Tito El Bambino. He was never for me. My sister, Dude, my older sister was obsessed with him though. I loved him. I had the biggest crush on him. Yeah. I thought he was good looking. Yeah. Oh, well. He I, was just, that, I think it was just because I was little. Because now that I see yeah. him, I'm like. Eh. I only know that one song that went super viral. Which one? Um, uh, wait, how does it go? It goes. Um, it went viral like on TikTok? No, no, no. It goes. Uh, Oh my god, El Amor! El Amor, I that love one. that yeah, song. Yeah. That's the only song that I really like, really liked as mm. a kid. But I was never, I don't think, I don't remember any other of his songs to be honest. Dude, I used to get in trouble for listening to reggaeton when I was little because I didn't know that they were all about sex. And like with Tito Balbino, he has a song called Mi Cama Huele a Ti. And I would always be like, I don't understand what any of this means, yeah. but this shit is a bop. Yeah, like my mom stepped the shit out of me once because <gasps> I had recorded, like, no. I don't know youngsters back then but we used to have like record the song on the phone and then you could put it as your ringtone yeah and i recorded um el telefono i don't know if you heard that song yeah literally my mom heard it and she's like and i was like i don't know girl i was nine i remember oh my god and i think it was on her phone too yeah. i think that's why she slapped the hell out of me oh my god dude mm-hmm. i remember being nine and being in the back of my uncle's honda civic and taking us to races dude my mom would like be like sometimes like my uncle would babysit Wait, us. like car races yes so my uncle would babysit us sometimes and um before we continue this episode we're gonna take a brief break to shout out our awesome sponsors of this video Manscaped. i love them summer is here the sun is shining and your man's balls are smoother than timothy chalamet's chest picture yourself all cheeked up on the beach Ooh. This summer, with not a hair in sight peeking from that bikini line and his trunks. Skip the Brazilian this summer and use Manscaped for the smooth tools you trust for your man and for yourself. Make this summer smooth and fresh with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Featuring the trimmer everyone loves, the Lawnmower 4.0. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 4 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot girl summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code BESTIES. Okay, so let me tell you guys about this one story that I was at the beach and I was in, I'm embarrassed, I'm not going to lie, but I didn't know about good shaving products, but now I do. But so if there's one thing I would tell little 18-year-old me is... Sometimes you wear bottoms that are definitely see-through. And as a Latina woman with strong melanin, you don't realize that your bush shows through white shorts. But you know what I would tell little old me? That someday this amazing company would come up called Manscaped, who had the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 that has everything you and your man need to have a perfect summer bot. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for anywhere you're going this summer. 
They're a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch that can engage travel log and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? From the shower to the beach, the lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer down there for everywhere that needs a shave. <laughs> Honestly, Steph, I really wish I knew you back then. I would have put you on, girl. Dude, like, that shit was all, yeah. embarrassing. All the men in my family use these products, so like I would have been like, girl, I got you. Like, if I would have seen you with that bush, Dude, I would have been like... Not with the trimmer running been like, here. here. <laughs> you need a little help? Girl, open it wide. I got you. I would have done it for you. Once it's scruffed down there, it's taken care of. Look after the rest of Manscapes liquid formulations before heading outside. Make sure he uses a crop preserver. Boys, pay attention. Ball deodorant to stay cool in the heat because you know hot boy summer is coming up too. And after long days mowing the grass, get your crotch garden back to tip-top shape with the crop reviver. These are all essentials for the summer, boys. You cannot be caught slacking out there. I promise you. If you really want to back a girl this summer, you know, talking to her is an easy step. But once you get to do what it do, I promise you, a girl's going to be very vigilant about what's going on down there, man. You got to be prepared. You got to be tip top. You got to be clean and smelling good. And having that just Mm -hmm. delicious scent coming from your crotch. Get them pheromones out, baby. Because I promise, if not, you will be get clowned on in the group chat. Mm. And that's the worst thing, cause babe, once you get clowned in the group chat, it's over. You just, it's like you're done. There's for. like point one percent chance of coming back from that. <laughs> but Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0: the Manscaped boxers and the Shed travel bag. The perfect gifts for staying in or traveling. You know, you could use it, you could mm-hmm. save it, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. And if your man is using your nail kit, you need to get him the Manscaped Shears 2.0, yeah. a package that has everything he'll need to have his nails looking pristine. He needs his own nail clippers, tweezers, and grooming scissors, ladies. Come on. We know you know when. Yeah. Sometimes people go south, if you know what I mean, and you don't want nobody scratching you up in there. Yeah, girls, mm-hmm. please love yourself. Demand more from these men. No more dirt under them nails. No more crusty nails. We ain't doing all that. If they want to touch our hoo-ha, their hands got to come ready with it, you know? And if they don't know where to start, ladies, get these for your men. Or men, if you're watching this, get them for yourself. Because y'all need to have those fingers on point if they want to go anywhere near Mm -hmm. the precious. (laughs) Smooth skin shaves only this summer, baby only get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code besties at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code besties at manscaped.com buns out suns out this summer with manscaped ladies yeah, yeah. and now we return to your regular scheduled programming we would literally he would literally not give a fuck and take us with him to the to the car meets and the race and we'd be in the back seat dude and my uncle's honda civic at the time like his um his system like his music mm-hmm. system i think i don't know what it's called i'm sorry <laughs> was super it was so loud dude and we would be he would be racing with us in the backseat bumping reggaeton dude i have so many memories 
I was I felt like it was the funnest time at like I was like oh my god I'm like the only like young girl here and like I'm like in the back seat living the big life even with my seatbelt on being smacked around in the back like oh shit like just fucking like you know being thrown around in the back seat cracking the fuck up with my sister and just bumping like listening to reggaeton and like dude that is hilarious I have a so cousin who like when he was little he was a died daddy Yankee fan and he would always wear his little hat to the side and his big old glasses and he still didn't have dresses like that <laughs> but I like the daddy Yankee at least for his haircut he never yeah. really changed it no dude yeah. and then when mind you I fucking grew up in the suburbs little bitch ass <laughs> I, when Daddy Yankee took, he brought out a song with Snoop Dogg, I was like, I'm the most gangster bitch that ever I fucking walked fucking this planet. When I would listen to it, I forgot, how did that, what was it called? I've never, I don't think I've heard it. Oh my God, let me look for the name and I'll sing it to you. Imagine being a dog and your owner dressing you like that all the time with like glasses <laughs> and like a button. <laughs> Dude, like how they put fucking chains on yeah. like pimples and shit. I'm always like, why? Like that Dude, doesn't no, look cool. literally. Oh, it's called Gangsta Zone. Play it real quick. Okay. Oh, it's actually not. Okay. <laughs> so tell me what my nine-year-old ass was like. E- she was like, hey, I'm okay. you're, walking, you're walking around the block with your earphones in. Dude, yes. My fucking limited two outfit. <laughs> no, sure. You're just this outfit. <laughs> I was still around for limited two, actually. I've never heard of that. It was before Justice. No, what is that? So Justice, before Justice, it it was Limited 2. That was the brand name. And it didn't change until I was like in high school. I wore Limited 2 for a really long time. I was bedazzled the fuck out when I was little. Oh my god, jealous. My mom, I don't think I ever... My mom loved... Well, I had like, they had a lot of like little frogs and shit. So my shirts were always bedazzled. My pants were always from Gap. Oh, the frog, you mean that... that that no 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 the frog is a different one but they had a bunch of little animals on it and they were all sparkly and shit yeah i love that i also always wanted like i always wanted um like hello kitty utensils for school you know how they had that little store oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. listening to fucking gangsta zone by daddy yankee dude hispanic well at least my parents do they were never like the type of parents to like let me buy like like those like kind of pencils like the like extravagant ass like more expensive bitch no we go to walmart and be like get the cheapest shit bitch my mom only let me at the beginning of the year because she knew that i was gonna lose it so i I, I wasn't careful with my shit so she'd only let me like at the beginning and she's like this is all you're getting so don't lose it and i always did I did not. I still don't know how to take care of my shit. My Dude, d- a little segue real quick. Did you hear that Justice was going bankrupt because the it's a preteen clothing brand? But the preteen era is kind of like ending because yes. preteens are no longer dressing like preteens anymore. They're dressing in crop tops and like more. Yeah, like provocative right. clothes you know that's really not age appropriate they're just kind of skipping the preteen phase where you know where it's like the colorful shirts and the rainbows and the shorts and you know i'm not saying all of them because i'm pretty sure there's still some girls out there that you know go through their preteen phase but like the majority of the preteens so girls, is justice still at the mall no dude they're starting to be sold in walmart <laughs> they're going oh hell no dude when i was little so i, I think it was a marina valley mall one of the entrances was a limited two store, but the but like the the entrance through the street was it was called limited, and that was the adult store. Mm-hmm. And then it would turn into a little girl store. Like they had like an adult brand, and I was always like, oh my god, when I go older, I'm gonna shop at this store. I'm never gonna stop shopping at limited. Oh two. my god, limited sponsor her, please. Yes, I'll bring that <laughs> shit back. She will. She's a trendsetter. I just like sparkly shit, and then I grew yeah. out of it, and I would dress so stupid. 
how do you move on after a breakup that you wished worked out? Damn. That's a that's a hard one. That is a toughie, buddy, because I think everybody moves on differently. Mm-hmm. But especially because if you still like if you wished it worked out, you're still holding on to that. Mm-hmm. And I think first and foremost, you should you sure I I always I'm very big on like write a pros and cons list. Yeah, I think because that's a good one. I think people overlook the bad because they're like, oh, but the good felt so good. And it's like, yeah, but was it worth the bad you know yeah, what i mean because yeah, sometimes yeah. i don't think you really think about it until it's like right in front of you and like you're looking at it and you're reading it out loud and you're like oh shit that was yeah, pretty bad exactly you know what i mean yeah and i feel like this tendency we have as like young adults to want to hold on to people that have already made it clear that they don't want us mm-hmm. back and we forget that we have this super long life ahead of us right. and we're gonna meet so many other incredible people and i don't know if it's happened to you where like you break up with someone and you feel like it's the end of the world and then you start dating someone else and they're fucking amazing and then you're like why the fuck was i ever sad about mm-hmm. the past i'm not like, i'm not like that that much because whenever even with my friends i don't know if i've said this before but whenever like my friends break up with someone or i break up or used to break up with someone yeah i would always be like i wonder who i'm gonna fall in love with next or i'd be like i wonder yeah. who my friends are gonna fall in love with next yeah. i was never like hung oh, up on like, the past i was obviously emotionally but it was always a thought that i was like okay but who's gonna be next like who's and gonna they, make me feel this way next and that kept you moving forward yeah i think yeah. so i think it helps yeah and i feel like for me honestly that that's what makes me feel better because i i realized like every time i broken up with someone yeah i was sad i went through the motions but then i eventually always met someone that would make me look back at me like damn like why was i even ever upset i mean not that you shouldn't be upset because that's valid you know it's mm-hmm. a natural emotion but it just made me think like the thoughts that i had in my brain like oh i'm never gonna find better or no one's gonna love me like this or yeah. treat me like this and then i would actually be able to see things clear and be like well they actually didn't even treat me that great anyway or mm-hmm. they didn't treat me the way i truly wanted anyway the way i truly deserved anyway so it you kind of look back and think like damn like i'm glad this happened mm-hmm. you know so i guess i would just say um to give it time allow yourself to feel the feeling cry if you need to um and just focus on what makes you happy your hobbies um honestly it's, for me i think moving on is really just about focusing on yourself if you feel like maybe you want to introspect then what about the relationship you liked or didn't like or what you want moving forward what you don't want moving forward what you can do in the, your next relationship that'll help you help it flourish and help it work out better you know just kind of things like that and i feel like for me like they say time is the best healer or something like that i also think it's really important to not talk to your ex yeah i know i feel like it's it's normal now like to break up and like like just keep being like oh yeah but we're just friends like it's not like i know like no you don't know man don't fucking talk to them that's i feel like a huge setback for people that yeah it really is it really is and especially because you could fool yourself and be like oh like you know we're just friends but you know subconsciously you are kind of hoping Mm -hmm. for more and that that never helps you're never gonna move on like that so but you what would you say was your like hardest breakup to go through and not even just get through like just like truly move on from that person um i think it was my baby's dad for sure yeah because we he was my longest relationship we Mm -hmm. did it for like five years and i truly felt like he was my everything and one of the thing about me is that i feel like i lived a very like simple life you know work school 
at the time. Mm -hmm. Work, school, and then like party drink. You know, there wasn't really much more for me, at least in my life at the time. And when he came into my life, it was very much like, let's go hiking, let's travel. <clears throat> let's uh he he i even worked at six flags as a scare actor like i did my he brought in like just my life in so many ways he like took you out of your he, comfort yeah, zone yeah super he took me out of my comfort zone so much you know because traveling was never anything that i realistically at the time thought i could do i guess in my mind at the time i thought you need to have a lot of money to travel and then you know to get out of my comfort zone and do other things like hiking and I know hiking is probably not that crazy but for me it was and you know working and the other jobs that I were different and just just getting out of my comfort zone so much he did that and I and I got so hooked on him I was really like oh my god like this is my person he does all this for me mm -hmm. and you know he like my life is so much better and more more fun and I'm enjoying myself and I just really felt like this is my person but honestly um the breakup was super hard because I didn't understand, like, why it had to end. You know, there were so many things. But later on, when I did, like, some deep introspection, I realized I was super codependent on him. Like, if he wasn't, like, if he wasn't giving me attention, if he wasn't, like, um, spending time with me or, like, reassuring me, I felt like my world was, like, in shambles. Mm. If he wasn't, like... Um, if he didn't, like, buy me gifts or, like, like my love language and things like that, like, I felt like something was wrong with me. Like, I was just, it was... Like, every minor thing was the end of the world. It was very, yeah, it was very, it was not healthy. And, mm -hmm. and at the time, I couldn't see that it wasn't healthy. And I was like, okay, later, I wasn't able to realize until we broke up and it had been some months and to really put things in perspective to be like, damn, like this really was unhealthy because I, my whole happiness depended on this person and you can't do that to someone because you have to, I generally not much believe that you have to be happy and someone adds to your happiness, you know, if you want to date someone, I don't think someone should be your whole world yeah. to the point where you're going <laughs> to feel like you're dying without them. I don't think that's healthy. I feel like that goes back to like your attachment style with how you are with your character caregivers your parents and it's like a, a whole thing I don't want to get into but I definitely am now able to I'm grateful for meeting him and the experience of being with him mm -hmm. um we have a beautiful son together and um yeah I definitely I've healed from that breakup but it was terrible dude like the way I cried when we broke up ooh. Dude, that's why I love so terrible. Taylor Swift. Did you watch her 10-minute version clip? No, I didn't. It shows a scene where, like, the girl's, like, crying in bed. And I'm like, dude, bitches really be crying really? like that. Like, it really feels like that. And it sucks. Dude, to the point where, like, I... Usually when I cry, like, when I'm going through relationship stuff, like, I don't make a big deal. Like, I'll cry silently to myself, mm -hmm. like, in my room <laughs> or whatever, you know. Dude, but this breakup was so terrible that I could not silently cry like i was hysterically bawling crying yeah. loud like somebody had just killed my mother and i literally cried so fucking hard and my mom ran into my room my sisters were like what's going on like mm. my even my dad who was like completely dry was like what the fuck is going on like i was just so 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 it, i was really down for a long time and it's a process yo though honestly like for me, what really helped me at the time was just really um, spending time with the people I loved at the time. I feel like that's really just all that really helped me yeah. get through it was just spending time with the people I loved, you know, going, doing the things that I loved um, at the time, which was partying. <laughs> just getting fucking hammered. Uh, yeah, getting hammered, you know, <laughs> hiking and just 
But obviously, I got through it, but that's not what I would recommend now. Um, definitely no alcohol. Try no. to stay away from the alcohol. I know it makes you feel good in the moment, but it's just a temporary solution. So Definitely, definitely no. All right, let's see. How to make genuine friends as an adult <laughs> slash approach people for friendships. I feel like I'm going to be real honest here. I feel like for me personally, um, I I feel like I, I've been going through like this phase where it's like I want to make friends and I, I come across people where I meet them and I think they're cool and I could see myself being their friend. But when I'm at the end of the day, when I ask myself, like, genuinely, do I have space for more friendships in my life? I feel like people... Um, need to be honest with themselves about that because you can only spread yourself like so thin you know right. you have so much going on I'm assuming um, well we're 25 I don't know how old you guys are but I know I feel like when you're younger you have more like time on your hands to have like a shit ton of friends but I think you I have mean, more access to because like yeah you're going to school and you're just seeing so many people yeah. all the time that it's easy to be like okay well I'm gonna talk to this person because yeah. I see her every day yeah exactly um and I feel like that's something that people should start asking themselves more like if because she's asking for like older people so as an adult I feel like all adults should genuinely ask themselves like do do I have space in my life for this friendship and there's and it's and if you say no it doesn't mean that this person isn't cool enough to be your friend or you don't like them enough mm -hmm. or anything like that it just genuinely means that you just don't have the space for it and I think that should be accepted um and I and I feel like there's like this um a lot of people are fear of getting rejected because they take it personal like mm -hmm. oh if this person doesn't want to be my friend that means something's wrong with me and that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you like they're just sometimes people just don't have space and i feel like that's where i'm at and i'm and i'm and i've fallen victim so many times because i feel like i'm a people pleaser and people ask me to want to like they want to be my friend or want to hang out and i'll say yes 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 because in hindsight i would probably be their friend but I just don't have the space. Like, I literally don't have the energy, you know? And it's so hard to, like, force yourself to hang out with someone when you don't really have the energy to give them your genuine, like, true time and to actually... And I don't have even think it's about time. I think more so, too, I think people forget that friendships are relationships. Yeah. You know, you have to are. put in effort and you have to put in time yeah. and you have to put in, you know, open yourself up and yeah. hope that the other person opens themselves yeah. up to you. So... You know, it's also to keep in mind that not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody yeah. can do that. Yeah. And it's not, like you said, nothing personal, but it's, it's just not. more so like you're like, oh, like I have to go through this whole process again. But I think a cool way that I feel like has been for me, like even just agreeing to do the podcast, like obviously yeah. you know, we're friends now. Yeah. And I don't think if we would have done the podcast we would have really no. gained that friendship. Not because we didn't <laughs> like each other, but not because we didn't. it's just, you know, you yeah. spend so much time with people that eventually you're like, okay, you know, like I do want to put in effort and time and whatever. And I, I think taking classes, like with things that interest you is cool, is a cool way because even if you don't continue to do it, you still meet people and you still yeah. find some similarities where you're like, okay, maybe I can invest in this person or maybe yeah. I can invest in that person. I think yeah. that's the easiest way that I noticed yeah. is taking classes and trying to get into hobbies of things uh, yeah. that you like. Go go to places where what you enjoy mm -hmm. and whatever people are there. Put yourself out there. Get out of your comfort zone. I know it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And you don't have to go up and be like, hey, do you want to be my friend? You could just go up and kind of just start a little conversation about what, what you guys are doing in the moment. Like, mm -hmm. oh, like... 
you know, recover often. I don't know. Just some no, it's so true. Like even just like that, because um, when Alex started mountain biking, literally he would just be riding the trails and he would stop to take a break. And then another person would stop to take a break with him. And then they'd be like friends and be like, want a mountain bike like every now and then? And that's how he would make his mountain bike friends. Yeah. Like some people are super fucking nice. I think it's just getting out of that fear of like, oh, are they not going to like me or are they going to be rude? Because yeah. there's always going to be those bitches out there. But sometimes you just you just got to move on yeah. from that. And don't let them bring you down because, you know, so like it's not personal. Some people, yeah. it's really never personal. Some people are just open. Some people are not. I also want to bring up Bumble. They're just It's a dating site, but it's also a friendship site. So just how you can swipe left and right on people to date, you can do that for friendships. And I did it one time to make um, friendships with girls at the time because i feel like i wanted more friends um again it went back to me feeling like oh like i was just bored and i I feel like i wish i had more friends at the time to go do stuff with and i did come across so many cool girls that um i resonated with because you you make a profile too so like girls can see your vibe and like if they would want to hang out with you or not and i did message a lot of them and even almost made plans but i just completely deleted the app and lagged and i felt so bad but you can try that too you know because you know that they're open they want friendships well i would hope that they're not like (laughs) me but you know you can also give that a try too so that's my opinion girl Mm -hmm. okay let's see how did ie and bestie start we need an origin Origin story. story Um, it's a very simple story, really. Saul has his podcast and he really enjoyed doing it and he thought it'd be cool to get a female perspective. And so he created I Am Besties and he asked us to be on it and we said yes. And that's pretty much it. And the rest is history. Y'all know the dealio. Simple as that, buddy. Why did you get married so young, Steph? I don't feel like I'm that young and I don't feel like I'm getting married well that I got married yet because yeah. I feel like 25 is a good age I think it's a good age to get married if you want to get married yeah. obviously um I don't think I would have wanted maybe I think latest like 28 I think that would have been like ideal for me 28 but um I don't know I'm just in love there was really nothing else to it. it's not like I was like, I just love this person, and I knew that I wanted to be with him forever. <laughs> I'm all trying to get not corny, but yeah, it's true. I just knew that he was just the person for me, and 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 then actually, no, that's a lie. I'm lying, actually, now that I'm thinking back on my relationship. I wanted to get married because my dad um, at the time was very sick. Well, he's still sick, but at the time, he was getting sicker and I wanted my dad my dad to walk me down the aisle and I have an uncle who I love very much and he's also sick and I just there was all these people that I wanted in my wedding and like in that moment of my life that I felt like I'm with the right person I really love them and it's just all I felt like life was telling me to get married and I wanted to get married. And then my boyfriend wanted to move out. And I was like, no, like if I move out, I'm never going to get married. So I was like, either we're getting married. I I really did give him an ultimatum, but he wanted to, too. It was just more like he wanted to live together first. So we did that, but engaged. And then we got married. Nice. And that's the story. But I do think that if you don't feel I feel like marriage is like a, either, you know, or you don't. Yeah. I don't think if you're like questioning it or being like, I don't know, then I definitely don't think you should get married. <laughs> I feel like you should be marriage should definitely be one of those things where you're 100 percent 
like set on where you're like there's no doubt in your mind because mm-hmm. that's a big ass decision i don't think people realize how intense it is i kept having emotional breakdowns through all my my little like when i changed my name i dude i was bawling i was like hysterically panicking but not because i didn't want to it's just more of like this is so huge this is my name yeah and then i started panicking the lady was like sign here don't get out of the box and i was like <sighs> and then she had a rip of that contract and make a new one she was all annoyed and i was like oh my god it was scary oh my god well see. there you have it ladies there it is and gentlemen yeah get married if your dad has cancer I'm just <laughs> What is your most precious memory of your mom and dad as a child? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm so sorry. I really don't have any. Like, not that we didn't do, like, fun things together. Just none stand out for me. I hate to say it, but my parents fought a lot as a, as when I was a kid. The only times we ever really went out was, like, to family parties. And then they were just, like, doing their own thing. And I was just, like, hanging out with my cousins. We would go to like the lake, like the and like Lido Creek a lot as a kid, like summers and stuff. But it was lake always like Lido Creek, like not the lake. I mean, like the river. Oh. And we would like go with family. Um. But I feel like my mom was like emotionally unavailable, and so was my dad. So that was really hard for me as a kid because I didn't really get to connect with them in a genuine way. It was all really like superficial connection i guess um i was more like their emotional support you know child Mm. as a kid what we all were so i don't really have that many and my parents would like avoid going out as a family because they would just like rip their heads off when we would Mm. have like family trips you don't have like moments like with an individual one like either your mom or your dad i none that stand out no Mm. yeah so and i feel like that goes back to like my codependent um attachment to hugo Because in a way, I was kind of, like, getting from him at the time. I thought, like, the validation, the love that I felt like I never had as a kid. Mm -hmm. That I could now see and be, like, why I was so codependent on him Mm -hmm. and why I hung on to him so tight. Because I felt like I never had that as a kid. So to finally have it and, like, this relationship, I felt, like, complete, you know. But I didn't realize that I that wasn't something that you get from someone. That's something that needs to come from yourself. Like, that's what they say, like, repairing yourself heal your trauma so your attachment style and your relationship can be healthy and you know things like that but do you i know you get along um with one of your aunts do you have one like with your aunt like a memory with like my aunt mm-hmm. that's like an me? adult that maybe you felt like you look up looked up to um i would have to really think about it honestly right now my mind's like flooded with like a thousand other things i feel like it'll take a while for me but i'm pretty sure i do have i don't want i don't want to sound like i had like a terrible childhood like i know there's like good things but mm-hmm. i just have to none that like you're none really... that stand out no mm. i have to think about it for a minute honestly yeah. but i mean i feel like i had a lot i just i just think in the putting being put on the spot i think watching novelas with my family that was a family thing like yeah, we yeah. always 6 p.m. sharp or 9 p.m. sharp because there was two channels mm-hmm. and the good one was always at 6 and 9. Mm-hmm. And we would all get together and watch the fucking novella, which is weird because I was like 8 or 7. Yeah. What the I hell am too. I doing? Yeah. yeah. That was, I love that. I, I, I was always a big TV girl. Yeah. So we always watch novellas. Um, my dad would take us to the movies a lot. 
My uncle would take us to the movies a lot, too, actually. We the one time my dad took us to the movies, he fell asleep in the theater. My mom always falls asleep in the theater. <laughs> always. Oh, my mom will not sit through a movie. Actually, I do have a good one, but it's not when I was little. I was already 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was going to cosmetology school in Pasadena. And, yeah, it was Pasadena. And I always got out at traffic hours, so I would always go to the movies after school alone. And I remember it was when Cinderella came out and I was going to go watch it and I called my mom and I was like, hey, I'm going to stay at the movies. And they felt bad that I was going to watch it alone. So they drove to Pasadena and they went to watch Cinderella with me. And we were the only fucking adults in that. The whole thing. And that was that was really sweet of them. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I have this one memory that that was really nice. Um, When I was in fifth grade, there was like a high school band came to play at at my school. And they were just like um, playing like covering songs from like Beyonce and it looked so, mm-hmm. it sounded so sick and then afterwards they were um, renting out instruments because they were going to start offering classes at my school to teach kids how to play instruments oh cute mm-hmm. and I wanted to play the violin but my dad was like no like I'm not going to rent our violin and then we kept walking to our car and like I was visibly upset and then like my dad saw that I was upset and he like stopped and he was like you really want to play the the instrument and i was like yes i do and then he was, oh, it's my then, passion dad yeah he was like he was like okay fine let's go so we went back and he Aww. rented out the violin for me which i really no not he didn't rent the violin because i was a dumb fucking idiot and i was a follower and a huge people pleaser and again i did i as a kid i was like that because i didn't receive what i was looking for at home and i always felt like to receive something i had to give something i had to do something or i had to relate to people in some way to receive something so when i went to go rent on an instrument a really good friend of mine that i cared for was renting out a clarinet so i really wanted to do violin but i wanted to spend time with her and the only time that i could was to get a clarinet so we could have the same like class together so she said get a clarinet and i got a clarinet instead and I hated it. I fucking hated clarinet, like, so much. So I never went to class. I never practiced. I just didn't care for it. But then, in hindsight, you know, I wish I could have just not. I could have been, like, a violin. huge violinist right now. I wouldn't probably be here. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it all happens for a reason. But, um... Dude, right yeah. now that you said that, it reminded me of the stupidest thing I've ever done as a child. What? Um, it was like, uh, you know how they used to have assemblies to like give out awards or whatever? Yeah. And you would invite your parents and your family, whatever. <laughs> Tell me why I invited my fucking mom one day and I didn't get any awards. <laughs> like not a single one. And my mom was like, why did you invite me? And I was crying. I was like, I don't know. Because you know what's stupid though? My brother got perfect attendance every year and I never got perfect attendance. And my mom took us to school together. So I was very confused about that. But I didn't get anything, like no award. And my mom was just sitting there. And I kept turning back and being like, fuck, this is so embarrassing. I was in third grade. Oh, uh, but like, you just assume probably that everyone I got just thought everyone, everyone got, got them. Yeah. Or I don't know why I just figured that I was going to get one. So I invited my mom and I didn't get shit. Hey, but you know what? At least your mom went. My mom, I would invite her to my award assemblies. I would get awards all the time, and she wouldn't come. <laughs> Imagine and, she the one time she did go, though, and, and I didn't, didn't get anything. Yeah, and that was very hurtful to me as a little Aww. kid. She wouldn't go. Yeah, I a lot of emotional trauma, y'all. But, um... But sometimes I'm a good cry girl. Sometimes I don't give a shit about that. 
I know they don't. My parents never cared about school like mm-hmm. that. Like, my dad never took us to school. Yeah. And then we were, me and my brother were those kids that um, we always had to wait after school because my mom <laughs> never picked us up on time. But I was never, like, upset about it. Yeah. I just always thought it was funny. Yeah. And I feel like I have a, I, I wish I could paint. I could paint a picture of, like, I have a perfect vision of how me and my brother would look, like, hanging out under a tree. Uh-huh. Everybody was gone. The principal, like, <laughs> literally everyone was gone. But it was dumb because we lived super close to home. But she was like, how are you going to walk home alone? no wait for me so we'd uh, literally be two little ass kids waiting there yeah not every day but it was it was pretty uh, yeah. funny oh and you know what too she would actually tell us to go to the tree because she didn't like when they took us into the office because then they'd lecture about uh, picking us up on time good times good times all right besties next question um what's the scariest paranormal thing you've experienced do you believe in ghost spirits is the last podcast gonna go? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Next. Oh, okay. So we should not answer this one then, because we were talking about that. Yeah, we answer this on the yeah. previous. The video is gonna drop, and we talk about this. Yes. Sorry, guys. Thank you, though. So next uh, question. Uh, Biggest lesson learned in twenty twenty so far. You go. You okay. Go, you go. So for me, I feel like my the biggest lesson I've learned. Because I feel like I'm definitely on my healing journey, um, trying to befriend my ego, if that makes sense. Um, Quote, unquote, a lot of like the negative or mean girl or just traits that I don't want to have as a person anymore. Um, You know, I'm trying to be a better person and heal and just do a lot of things and I feel like one of the biggest lessons I've had is that healing isn't linear. So you can be doing really, really good and then you'll have like a, you know, a slip up and you probably won't make the best choice. And it's easy to want to beat yourself up and be like, oh, well, like with the self-awareness that I have now, you know, like, why did I make that mistake or why did I say that? Why did I do that? And, you know, it's very easy to beat yourself up and not be proud. But, you know, like I said, healing isn't linear. You know, you're going to have some slip ups where you might feel like you're reverting back. But I feel like the important thing is you're able to realize, OK, I didn't act the best, but, you know, it's another learning lesson. Maybe I needed to go through that too, so that lesson could be engraved better in my brain so I could learn it better and just move forward. So I feel like that's the biggest lesson for me that, you know, I feel like definitely when you're trying to learn and, and change and be better, the universe is going to throw things at you to test you to see if you really are going to practice what you're preaching. And, you know, I've, I'm happy to say that 90% of the time I do, but like I'm human at the end of the day and I'm not perfect and I'm never going to be perfect. So I, I will have slip ups and that's I feel like that's the biggest lesson for me and to just not beat myself up and just keep it pushing. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I think my biggest lesson was that it's okay to be selfish because I think for a long time I was kind of like you. Like I wanted to please everyone. I wanted to be there for everyone. I wanted to be available to whoever needed me. Yeah. Kind of pushing aside my own feelings. Yeah. And this year I think it was definitely a year where it was like, okay, you know, it's okay to put myself first because at the end of the day everyone's living their own life and I need to live mine for me for whatever I think is going to be best for myself um but it was it's hard because you know you you don't want to not be there for people but you also have to realize that you need to be there for yourself as well yeah so it was it was a hard lesson to learn for sure but I definitely think that being selfish without being um 
I guess malicious mm-hmm. is kind of like um, it's a fine line because everyone's going to define it differently. You know, what is selfish to me might not be as selfish to you. Or if it's selfish to me and I don't feel like it's harming every anyone, someone might take it offensively yeah, just because you stop being. Please everyone. Yeah, you stop being as available to people. Yeah. And but it, it's hard, and I definitely think it's it's a good thing to learn because yeah. at the end of the day, like I said, it's it's your life. You're the only one living yeah. it. Um, and I, I want to add, adding on to that, I saw this, um, TikTok about this girl recommending a book and I think I took a picture of it. Um, I don't remember the name of the book, but she was saying in the book, it was a mom and a daughter talking and the daughter was saying, mom, my brother wants me to join the soccer team with him, but I really don't want to do it. She was like, but I'm afraid of disappointing him. And her mom told her, babe, in this world, your number one job is to disappoint as many people as you can. She was like, if given the choice to disappoint yourself or someone else, always disappoint someone else. Never disappoint yourself because this is your life at the end of the day. And, you know, that's kind of, in a sense, your boundary. You know, um, your, he, your brother will survive. He'll be fine. And she said, the little girl told her mom, like, even disappoint you. And she said, me the most. She said, you know, always Make whatever feels right in your, the choice that feels right in your heart, the best for you. Um, and I feel like for people, like for exact, even that scenario, you know, if if someone wants you to be on a soccer team with them and they ask you and you say no and they get upset, it's not about you. You know, I know it's easy to not be like, oh, they're upset with me, you know, because we've been growing up. Most people, I feel like to people please and put other people's feelings before your own. But I feel like those people just aren't aware of how to set boundaries or how to stand up for themselves yet. And if someone isn't aware of how to set boundaries or, you know, choose themselves first or stand up for themselves, it's always going to rub them the wrong way when someone Mm -hmm. else does it. And it's always easier to go out of your comfort zone when there's someone there from your comfort zone, you know, like no one wants to do things alone, but sometimes it's just, it's easier and it's a better learning process for yourself and the other person. Yeah. So definitely, definitely that that's a really good one. Mm hmm. Um, if you were a cookie, what kind of cookie would you be? Let's switch this up to what's your favorite cookie? Uh, if my favorite cookie is just basic old chocolate chip, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I've tried that many. I've tried sugar cookies. I think I've tried red velvet. Mm. I've tried like some mint cookies. Oh, but you don't really like sweets like that, right? Or is it no, just cake? No, I mean, no. Yeah, I guess I'm not like a huge like, oh my God, like cookie person, but I am a sucker for chocolate chip cookies. Though, like, mm. I will literally go to McDonald's and get like the McDonald's like tote. Do you have a favorite brand? Um, or, like specifically, like no, a place where I you're, think like, I the best? I think I just like the McDonald's ones a lot. Mm. Uh, but I, I think I'm a chocolate chip. If I were to be a cookie, I would definitely be a chocolate, a chocolate chip, chip cookie. cookie. Yeah, like, I'm. That's my go-to all time. My favorite cookie is oatmeal cookies but i don't like that all oatmeal cookies have raisins like why can't you just not fucking throw them in there like why does it need raisins but i do love oatmeal cookies they're bomb as what about them with chocolate chips i don't really love chocolate chip like even chocolate chip cookies i would prefer if it had a little bit of chocolate chips i don't yeah because then i just feel like i'm eating chocolate chocolate i like the dough like i like tasting the dough i and that 
So I like, ooh, you know which chocolate chip cookies are really fucking bomb? The Pyology chocolate chip cookies. Oh, really? They're delicious. And they make them there, so they're, like, fresh. Ooh, I need to try them then. They're super, super good. Ask them if they're fresh, but if not, then just throw that bad boy in the, like, microwave yeah. for, like, 10 seconds. So good. But you know what? Talking about sweets, I know you brought up cake. I really, really, really like the Tres Leches um, cake from Porto's. Oh, I haven't tried Dude, it. Dude, I... That's my number one now from, like, every other Tres Leches cake I've had in my life. Portos is my number one. Dude, I have to try it. I freaking love Tres Leches Dude, cake. And it. then right now so on TikTok, good. everybody's making Tres Leches, like, fresas oh, okay, one. Okay. And it looks... Strawberry cake is my shit, bro. Like, my <laughs> fucking shit. That's my favorite cake in the whole world. Yeah. And so seeing that, I was like, mm, but I've never made Tres Leches yeah. cake, so I'm scared to, like, yeah. do it and it come out all nasty. I'll be yeah. so sad. Yeah, that's hilarious. But I love sweets. And now that you talked about Portos, I'm like, mm. Actually, my wedding, did you get to eat desserts at my wedding? Uh, I ate the little uh, caramel frosting cup chocolate cupcake. I had that one. Well, I had cupcakes? Yes. I didn't girl. get to try anything. I like turned around and I was like, I'm going to eat first. And then I turned back around and everything was gone. Dude, yeah. I, I didn't had, even I had, know I had cupcakes. <laughs> they're really good oh actually i but but we had a bunch of hidden my my parents bought me extra because all my pastries were from portos Uh and we bought extra boxes and they hid them everywhere so um but my favorite is the cheese danish so no no no, we didn't have cheese danishes we had the cheese rolls oh okay yeah and those are my favorite and out of nowhere i was like man like i I didn't get any, like, dessert. And my mom comes out with, like, a big old box. And Uh, then the next day, my cousin was like, oh, I found another one. uh, I was like, ah, this is amazing. (laughs) I was low-key sad because I saw your whole family, like, roll in with, like, bags and bags of portos. And I just knew in my heart, I was like, one of those boxes is going to be the the balls of, like, meat inside. There's, like, these fried balls. I don't know what they're called. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I just know. I no, just, no. we then, only get walked, sweets. Yeah, and then I walked up and none of them, and I was like, "Crying, crying." <laughs> yeah, we we them. only get sweets, and we actually planned it. Like we sent someone. Honestly, I think they bought like over twelve boxes of yeah, desserts. Yeah, dude, they did. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was good. But it was that one person that got up to the dessert table and everyone, everyone. rushed, and there was yeah. nothing left. I'm telling you, I was so sad that yeah. day. Yeah. And then I didn't get birria either. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. We I, we didn't get to enjoy any good part, <laughs> but the spaghetti was really good and the chicken was it was honest, it was like. the ch- the chicken was really good. Oh, I did try cake, but I was drunk as fuck. Actually, I think I have a piece of frozen cake in my fridge. Now that I'm remembering, um, you want to read another one? Besties, please tell us a story time of a time you had fun when going out, not realizing how dangerous. Literally every fucking time I go out. Or used to go out. Honestly, a time that I had fun, not realizing it was dangerous. I think I already talked about it one time on the pod. How I went to like this party and got really not like somebody's house after a party, and I thought I was gonna be safe because the people that we were invited, we knew them, and when we got there, it was like a kickback vibes, and everybody seemed like our age, so it didn't seem like there was any danger. Then it, once everybody got plastered, like this dude, like threw himself oh, on me. Like, right, right, right. Yeah, like, oh, sorry. I feel like that was probably the only time that I was like, damn, like I was really in danger. Did a lot of dumb shit, like probably like walk at like three in the morning or on my block at night. That was probably dangerous because you know girls being snatched up nowadays. Um, 
but uh, I guess not really anything that I'm like, damn. Because I, I was always surrounded by a lot of friends. I felt safe. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I always put myself in danger. <laughs> when I was studying, I studied abroad. And when I was studying abroad, me and my friend, we would go out and get super, super plastered. And I always thought it was fine because I was like, oh, I don't have to drive. Like, I'll just take the train or I'll take a bus because the train stops working after a certain hour. And I remember like the first week of class they give you like obviously like orientation and they're like oh like the bus is really safe but like for the most part like try to stay on the lower level because all the drunk people are on the top level tell me why i was always on the top level and i was always fucking plastered but i think the most dangerous time was i was with a group of friends and my friends like my girlfriends they were leaving and i was just having the time of my life so i was like no i'm gonna stay with some fucking dude and we just ended up like bar hopping the whole night but i was in like i was in scotland and i don't i didn't know my sense of direction and that town had no service and so it was like three in the morning and i had no way of getting back to the hostel and this guy was drunk as fuck and he was like let's just sleep on the street And I was like, I'm definitely not going to do that. And they told us, too. They were like, if you're not back at the hostel in the morning, like, we're just going to leave you here. And, like, you're going to have to find your own way back to, like, the school. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my fucking God. And I was so scared. And, like, there was just no cars driving by. And I remember he ended up, like, kind of stopping a car. And he, like, walked up to the car. And he was, like, talking to them or whatever. And he's like, he's going to take us. And I was like, is he, though? Like, what if he just murders us right now? And then it ended up being that we were walking. We were 15 minutes in the car away. We were walking away from the hostel. So he did end up taking us, but it could have literally gone fucking any way else. And I remember I was so scared and I was like squeezing this dude's hand and he was like, the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Like, I'm scared as shit right now. Like, what do you mean? And he was like, it's fine. He's cool. I was like, how do you know he's cool? Like, we're literally in a stranger's That's car right men now. men privilege at its Dude, finest. and the fact that he was like, let's just sleep on the street. I was like, this is the fucking worst mistake I've ever made the in my life. The bum jumped out. Dude, bum ass. Fuck that dude, honestly. <laughs> I think that was one of the mo- more like severe times where i was like fuck i could literally get like gang banged right now that's so crazy mm-hmm. and i have many of those i think i did that a lot are you afraid of anything if so what is a fear you have um i have a fear of taking psychedelics um i haven't taken like shrooms or acid or like dmt or any of those like crazy like psychedelics that people like have a lot of like ego deaths and like you know a lot of people do it for like you know to further like the spiritual journey and i've been so curious to do it but i i've had like panic attacks like an anxiety attacks just smoking weed and they're always so terrible and they feel terrible and i just know it'd be like 10 like million times worse if I do a psychedelic and I'm not mentally prepared for it, but I really want to do it. But my fear is like doing it and then like just tripping the, hell tripping out. the fuck out. And I've heard that people stay stuck, you know, like, like, you know, it's not that high chance of that happening, but there's a chance that people stay stuck and like, and they have like a psychotic break and then they have to go like live in a psych ward and like shit like that. I'm just like, bro, I'm scared of that happening, but I really want to do it. 
Let's just do it. Fuck it. Would you be down to? Um, no. <laughs> I'm scared of that shit too, I, girl. LOL. LOL. <laughs> um, I have an undying fear of dying. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like my fear trickles into that because I'm scared of that happening because then I could die. You know, it feels like I'm dying when I'm having like a anxiety attack and that fear of dying jumps out you know oh, maybe so i feel like that's really what it is just dying oh i also have a fear of um like i don't think i'm claustrophobic like to that extent but i have this fear of getting like like when the big earthquake hits i'm really scared that i'm gonna be stuck under like rub, oh, like rocks ru- yeah like rubble and stuff let like me that. give you a tip just in case that does happen, if you can like spot like a piece of metal or something running along near you, instead of yelling because that'll like you know deplete you of your energy, grab a rock and hit the metal and like oh. and like a frequency like one two three like you know like do do one two three and then pause and then again one two three because people will be more likely to hear that and then like follow that and right, right, find right. you. But I'm also scared that someone's gonna come into my house to try to murder me. And I'm not going to have enough time to get my animals out with me. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's also a fear. Because yeah. I don't know why I just assume that if they, mur- they murder me, they're going to murder my animals too. Yeah, maybe. If they're very <laughs> malicious, they would. Yeah. What are your favorite things about yourselves? I'm very happy mm-hmm. to say that I feel like I can finally answer this question. My favorite thing about myself currently is that I could set boundaries with people and not feel completely terrible. Like, I feel okay setting boundaries now, even Mm -hmm. though I know that that person might feel upset. I know it's not my job anymore to, you know, care for their emotions. It's my my job to care about mine, and it's their job to learn to care for theirs. So I love that now because I can set boundaries and not feel like shit. And I also love how, you know, in in my healing journey, I'm able to understand why other people might do things that hurt me or say things that hurt me, and I'm able to not take it personal and when people do things that hurt me or say things that hurt me, I'm able to kind of understand in why they're doing it and not take it personal. And that just feels so much better because, you know, obviously back then I would get upset. I would feel hurt. I would cry and I'd be mad. And like just a whole range of emotions that would just throw me off. So to kind of have the emotional awareness that I have now, I'm just like, OK, I'm not saying it doesn't bother me or doesn't hurt me, but I'm able to just kind of allow those feelings to come, feel them, let, feel them, let them go. And not be hung up on it for days and weeks. <laughs> Sorry. The way I used to. So, so just being self-aware. So, yeah, so just being self-aware is just and having compassion for others um, is what I love about myself the most <laughs> right now. I love that I'm I think I'm becoming a pretty good cook. Oh I have I wanna I need you to make me something one day. Oh yeah, whatever you want. I just started following that TikTok girl. <laughs> Fuck. I always girl. fucking forget her name. Uh, I, she cooks like all like Mexican food. Mm-hmm. She gives me like Emily Mariko vibes. <gasps> the girl that does it like she has glasses. Yeah, yes, I know. I've seen her videos. Yes, too. I've tried her recipes and they're bomb as fuck. Like I love her so much. I'm so sorry. I don't know your name though. <laughs> Let's have her on. Oh, that'd be so cute. Yeah, I don't know why. I never look at people's names, like their names. You just watch. Food. Yeah, I just watch their videos over and over and over again. But Dude, I I've love seen her. her. Yeah, she's super. Her recipes are so, and she's so pretty to look at. Yeah. I love, not that that matters, but it's um, a little eye candy while I'm cooking. What do you think is your favorite thing to cook that you've cooked that you're like, damn, this is so fucking good? Um, Recently. 
And New Year's, my friend reminded me. I made pozole and it was really good. Ooh. It was really, really good. I would call my mom like 50 times though, but... But it still, was, that's, yeah, that's it was it was good. I was proud. I would definitely want. I want to learn how to perfect my mom's birria recipe Ooh. because, like, I mean, I had a whole food truck based off my mom's like recipe. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think it it'd be obviously like yeah, it would make sense for me to learn it. Dude, I should have my mom's birria too. She made it for us for Mother's Day. Mm. Ooh, so fucking yeah. There's this place in Colton called Tijuaneros, I think. Mm. Tijuana's talk some shit like that, and they're really good. They have birria. Yeah, so it's just strictly birria. Oh, okay. In Colton? In Colton, yeah. I'll get the name for you. And everyone goes there because it's really good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like Tijuana birria. Yeah. So everyone goes there. And I went with my coworker. She took me there. And I liked it. But I swear to God, I thought, like, I'm not being biased. Like, my mom's birria is better. Like, I know that. I know it's better. Yeah. I can say when something else is better than my mom's food. Mm -hmm. But, bitch, not the birria. My mom's was better. And then my my mom's boyfriend took her there mm-hmm. and my mom said she said the same thing that she was like, better she was like not trying to be like you know crazy but like my birria is better and then for mother's day my mom's boyfriend came over and she made birria so mm-hmm. he tried it and he said it was so. actually now that i think of it too i had birria on american mother's day uh-huh. i went to um this restaurant fontana called mi cocina sinaloense it was pretty uh-huh. bomb yeah yeah it was Ooh. good their yeah. agos were really good too. i love trying the different versions that people have because yeah, obviously me too, no because everybody makes it differently yeah yeah so i i love it i i'm a sucker like i feel like when you go to a party like a hispanic party Mm -hmm. you could never miss with birria like like Mm -hmm. a good arroz birria and saladita like never misses like (laughs) i'm actually that's what i'm gonna make for us because i'm i'm planning ezra his third birthday party oh i'm gonna make that cute yes (laughs) make get make me a candy bag because i fucking hate that like we don't get them now okay (laughs) Like, for sure i'd be snatching them shits but still <laughs> let me see it's, she said that she has to steal it you know why like, come on just give us candies to like what adults don't like candy yeah all of a sudden <laughs> um tell us your high school scandals like about ourselves mm, or like that went down at our school mm, was there any that stood out to you um, my principal got arrested for like embezzling money from the school. Like she took money from the school and like she pocketed it. That is amazing. Yeah, I would have loved to be there yeah. for that. Yeah, um, that was that. Um, me personal stories in high school. I really wasn't drama in high school. I was really nice, so I don't really I have any story. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I know some kids got caught having sex in the baseball thing um it's crazy something went down with our principal too but i don't really know the story and his he's my friend's dad so i don't want to speak anything on that but what else high school scandals that was like whoa someone got stabbed the first day our school opened oh my god (laughs) um what else yeah, I think it was just, like, sexual stuff, like, little horny teenagers, you know what I mean? That, like, kids be doing shit in the restroom or in the <laughs> baseball thing, you know, nudes getting leaked, oh, stuff like that. Regular yeah. high school stuff. Oh, the drama. <laughs> I loved it, though. I lived for all the drama. V, what is it like dating as a single mom? Dating as a single mom. If I'm being completely honest, I haven't dated at all. I haven't put myself out there. 
Um, I think about it sometimes when I'm bored. <laughs> and I'm just daydreaming. I'm like, mm, you know, what would it be like if I went on a date with someone? But I feel like sometimes it just really comes down to I'm just like not really into it. Mm. I just I guess I'm not ready to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't feel like I'd be good to date or I I just feel like I don't, I'm not interested in really getting mm. to know anyone. Recently, I was going to go on a date with this one guy. Trash. And um, he seemed at first like very, you know, cool. He was sending me voice memos instead of like messages, which I, which I thought was pretty dope. Um, he seemed like I had a good head on his shoulders. But he followed um, a, a couple girls that I knew. And one of those girls... When I was her friend, I wasn't her friend anymore. Not because anything happened. We just kind of like felt, um, we just kind of went our separate ways. You know, we grew apart. And she would always talk about this guy that had the same name as him. So I was like, damn, what if it's the same guy that she would talk about? Um, I was just wondering. So then I called my good friend Steph here because one of the girls that he followed as well was, she knew was an acquaintance of hers. And we got to talking and come to find out this man had a girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, you want me to investigate? And she was like, sure. And I was like, okay, well, I already did. (laughs) And my acquaintance, my intel person was like, no, tell her not to. He has a girlfriend. And I was like, fucking garbage. Yeah, so I was like, "Mm, okay. And then at that point, I was like, I didn't get discouraged. But I was just like, okay, then it's I just left that man on red. And um, other than that, I just haven't put myself out there, honestly. But you um, know what? That piggybacks on this one. It says dating a baby daddy, baby mama. Opinions and advice. Like, what would be an advice that you would give? To dating someone with children. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely think about how you would feel about having a kid around. Because not to say that you guys won't be able to have dates without your child. Because obviously there's going to be days where that partner is a, like, you know, the dad or the mom of the baby is going to have. So there's going to definitely be time where you guys can have dates alone. But there's definitely a lot time where you guys are going to have the kid around. And really think about how you feel about kids. How you're going to treat kids. How you just in general are around them. Because if they're a good parent, they're going to pay a lot of close attention to how you treat the kid. Mm-hmm. And if you could treat them all good and dandy but if you're not treating the kid i'm hoping that any good parent would be this way if you're not treating the kid to the standard that they uphold then you're gonna get cut because me personally you can treat me all good but if i see that you're you don't have the same energy towards my baby then that's it for me like it's not gonna happen not because i'm thinking like about marrying you or anything but i feel like that says a lot you know um mother and a baby is like like for me at least the bond I have with my baby is like everything. I love my son. And if we're just barely dating and I see that you're like not even interested or like you just act weird around him or want to exclude him or, you know, very fake vibes. And I'm not going to like that. I'm not going to want to keep dating you. Um, Another thing is um, I would definitely not date like jealous men. Like if I dated someone and then they got like they felt really jealous towards like hugo like they just didn't like that because me and hugo have a really good relationship and we're friends and we talk a lot and we we co-parent so that that bond to me is very important because i want my son to grow up and be able to invite us places together and not feel like oh i can't do this and that because my mom's Mm -hmm. gonna get mad or my dad's gonna get mad i don't want that toxic shit for my son so i need to date someone that's really gonna be on board with me having a healthy relationship with my um the person I'm co-parenting with and obviously there's going to be boundaries I'm not saying that like you know 
that they're my best he was gonna be my best friend i'm gonna leave my partner on the side no there's definitely gonna be boundaries but i i would never be able to date someone that's jealous or to be like oh don't talk to him or don't this and this and that i can't Mm -hmm. do that so i need to date be secure um if you feel like jealousy is a problem for you, definitely look inward and ask yourself why. Because it has nothing to do with your partner. That's a personal problem. Yeah. Uh, what else? Especially because, you know, you're going in knowing. Yeah, that they have a kid. Yeah. Exactly. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's the, that's the, the main things I would say. That is great that. advice. Um, last meal before death. I know you asked that question, but what would your last meal be? If you were on death row. If I was on death row, I definitely think... Can I only pick one thing or can I have like a whole feast? Okay, yeah, fuck it. Let's do a whole... Let's do one thing. Like if we had to do one thing, but if you had to have a whole feast, do both. Okay, if I had to do one thing, for sure, for sure, for sure, it'd have to be langostinos. What is that? They're like a type of crawfish that we sell at my... Like my family's restaurant. You've never tried them? Wait, no. do you like fish? Yes. You like seafood? Yes, I love seafood. Oh my God, girl, I'm going to take you. Then I'm going to I'm gonna get over here and tell everyone how amazing they are. What is it? What is it? Uh, is it lobster? It's like they look like little baby lobsters, but they're literally the crawfish. It's, it's a type of crawfish, I think. Oh. But dude, it's literally, I'm about to show you a picture. Girl, oh my God. It's the greatest thing to ever have been created. And I just, I would I love to try even. it. It sounds amazing. No, let me show you a picture. Where they at? Oh, like it. Oh, I've seen those, but I've never tried them. The most delicious thing in the world. Ugh! If I had to pick one thing. One thing, yeah. If I could have multiple variety of meals, I my last meal. Whole <laughs> <laughs> <A whole> buffet. <laughs> um, if it wouldn't be that, it would definitely be something that my mom cooks. Mm-hmm. Like, like, mm, like her rice. Her rice is delicious. I think her rice with chicken would probably be my last meal. That's really like my favorite. Or some frijoles <laughs> with like tortilla de harina and like queso yeah. fresco. Ooh, that sounds yeah, fun. that'd be my last meal. I would have some chiles rellenos. My Ugh. mom, my mom makes them with queso and camarón. Oh my god, so fucking good. Um, yeah, with some rice on the side, Ooh. and she makes some salad to go with it. Um, what other plate would I have? Did I hate chile relleno? Dude, I'm obsessed. I just... That's my favorite. I, like, don't like... I know it's egg, mm-hmm. and it grosses me out that it's dipped in, like... I don't like my eggs to be any kind of runny or any kind of wet. What do you mean, runny? What, how do you guys eat them? Like, my mom makes them, like, in salsa almost. I've never tried them, like, another way. Oh, okay, 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 you know okay. I mean? So you don't like the sogginess? Yeah, thing? like that grosses me out. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a texture thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily the flavor. It's just knowing that it, knowing that it's egg. Okay. And it being in some in kind juice. of sauce. Yeah, like I don't even like like huevos um, rancheros. Oh, I love. Like that. it grosses me out to have okay. wet stuff okay. on my eggs. I felt that. I felt mm-hmm. that. Uh, I probably have my mom's birria as well. Um, I guess if I had to pick those two would really be it if i could have like a little side of sushi that'd be nice (laughs) (laughs) but oh my god what what would you be on death row for um i feel like i'd be on death row for embezzling money i feel like i would she's a a bougie bitch i had a dream one time that i went to the san diego zoo with my family and that as as i was walking um, there was like a huge, like in the bushes hidden, there was a huge bag of money filled with like racks and racks of just bills. And I stopped 
to count and I just I wanted to take the money and mm. my but my family didn't they kept walking and the more I stayed with the money the more they just kept walking further and further away from me I don't know if you can get death row though for meddling money probably not but <laughs> I feel like the amount of money I'd steal is probably be crazy the fact that I'd be like we have to kill her she's gonna do it again oh shit you know <laughs> but that's, that's honestly I feel like that just has to do because growing up I feel like a big way my parents showed love and they put a big heavy emphasis on money which is something that I've had to definitely unlearn. Um, but that's still sadly a part of me that mm-hmm. I have to kind of keep like chill. Cause I, I feel like I'm I could be like very like money crazy a lot of times and it's not good. It's not 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 the way it used to be, but um It's a learning process. It's a learning process, but yeah. It's a journey. I think I'd be on there for, like, murder. I don't think I'd have the boss to kill someone unless they were, like, attacking me or someone I loved. I think I think I could kill someone. Y'all heard it here first. <laughs> Just no. kidding. But I, I would either be murder or, um, like, something to do with, like, narcotics. I'd be a buchona. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd be scared. I'd be seeing oh the... I saw God. a video one time, like, somebody getting, like, their throat slit. Bitch, I could never. I'd be Dude, too scared. No. I'm too chicken shit. To I don't think that lifestyle is worth it. It's not. Just personally. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, sometimes it works for a people. Sh- a okay. personal choice. Yeah. Opinion on promise rings. I think they're fucking stupid. Uh, I... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um... I, yeah, I, I don't really have a big opinion on promise rings. Like, I got one, Hugo gave me one, and look at where we're at now. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, I don't know, I guess I'm not against them, but I'm not really for them either. Like, if I didn't get one, it's not something I'd be upset about. Um, I think they're cute, because, like, who doesn't want a fucking ring, but... I feel like it's not even about the ring, it's just more of the intention, you know, your partner telling you that they see a future with you. I feel like that's the nice part of it, you know? And I feel like that can be done in other ways without being mm. given a promise ring. Give me a promise like necklace or, or earrings. A band of like diamonds. Grand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like a band. <laughs> oh my God. Are you going to fill the third spot or just continue to have guests? Um, I think we're going to just continue to have guests. We mm-hmm. like kind of like the vibe we got going on. And then yeah. we have this big old couch that just fits. Like we, we would love to have multiple guests at once. I don't yeah. We haven't done that actually. No, that haven't. would be really fun. Yeah. Um, so I think for now, you know, we're just going with the flow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, same. I agree. I, I like this. I don't think I, I feel the need for a third um, host right now. Um, yeah, and we just we're just I rocking promise, like this. I promise ring for you. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> hey. Keeping this. <laughs> you know why I got this? Where? Because I was not trusted with my actual engagement ring at the Bachelorette. <laughs> so he got me a fake a fake ring that I could wear out. That's hilarious. So now I just use it on my but other What a thoughtful hand. king though. No, men, it's more so because I've lost, I lost my engagement ring so many times that he was just over my shit. And I picked my engagement ring, so I was like, if I lose it, I'll just go buy the same one over again. Like, oh fuck my it. God. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's that. <laughs> Would you donate your body to science? Um, 
I feel like first I would want to donate my organs to people that need it if they're viable still. And then whatever's left over, yeah, I wouldn't mind donating some of it. But I would still want some of my body, like maybe my heart. No, unless maybe someone in my heart, no. But just some, a part of me, I would want f- to be um, cremated mm. because I would want it to be sent to this lab where they turn, they mix your ashes in soil so that your family could like plant a tree or something like that so they could grow. And I actually have already told all my family members that if something ever happens to me, I want to be a tree. Like I want somebody to plant me somewhere where they know that I can stay there forever. And even if they have to move, Take the fucking tree. What if it dies? I I'm trusting that they'll take really good care of it. No, like what if they plant it and the tree just doesn't grow? Bitch, well, you better make sure it doesn't happen. The fuck? Oh my god, I'm hot y'all, dude. No, you want to hear something insane? In 2019, in Arizona, what was it called? I don't remember what the what the center was called, but the FBI raided this um like bio research place where they like were supposedly doing research for science with, you know, body parts of the deceased. Tell me why they fucking raided it and they found, like, they were, like, selling body parts. They were sewing body parts together, like, Frankenstein's, Frankenstein style. They had, like, buckets of, like, heads. They had buckets of, like, male genitalia. And, like, a bunch of people were suing them because... They weren't getting... They were, one, obviously doing shit fucked up. Like, they were... I'm pretty sure they were selling to, like, the black market and all that stuff. Um, But the families were suing because some of them got ashes. And they're like, well, are these even the ashes? Because I guess supposedly the the parts that they don't use, they'll cremate them for you and send them back. And they got um, ashes and they were like, well, is this even, like, the person? Because all the body parts were unidentified. (gasps) Some of them had, like, it was just a torso and the head was cut off and they had put, like, a smaller head on it. Like, they were just doing some really messed up things. So now I'm like, would I donate? I mean, obviously it doesn't happen to everyone, but Mm -hmm. it's so scary to think that someone's just playing fucking brats dolls with my feet and shit like that sounds so scary that's hilarious it's messed up man there's some messed up ass people because they, yeah. it was if you really think about it like it's not one person doing this like yeah. it was a whole research center that yeah. was doing this like messed up thing that's fucking crazy like how do you get that many psychotic people hired in one place on oh, god that just like on board with it like oh you, you know in the interview room yeah. like hey, how would you feel if we actually were in business selling body parts that's what i mean that's so horrible because think like you like someone you loved is dying and then you're thinking that their body is being used for something useful and then you find out that like you have no idea what happened and their dismembered ass body parts are just all over the place that's crazy Mm -hmm. fun fact for everyone if you are a donor i'm not i don't care i don't talking about that i've heard that pigs there's actually like Places that breed farm, uh, pig farms, mm-hmm. they breed pigs because pigs genetically are the closest animal to humans that have like similar organs mm-hmm. and size and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's called like xenotrans something where it's like basically when a human gets um, a part, like a body part of a pig, like an organ of a pig mm-hmm. in order to like live. It could be like a heart or like a lung or something. Mm-hmm. And but it's crazy expensive. Mm. Like it's stupid expensive. But a lot of rich people do that. Like they'll have like genetically modified like organs in pigs 
just so that they can kill them and like get it transplanted mm. onto them and mm-hmm. it's crazy expensive but it's possible though like a lot of people can live yeah i think from, it's like, the heart organs. that's similar because why I, do i feel like i know somebody else yeah i don't know who has done that i don't know who but the rich are being able yeah. to do that. Well, the rich can do literally anything they fucking yeah, want. Yeah, fuck the rich. Dude, seriously. But when I'm rich, Until we get rich. But when I'm rich, <laughs> don't say fuck me, because I'm going to help y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Supposedly. I will. I really, truly feel like if I ever come by some money, like, I do genuinely feel like if I come up, everyone around me is going to come up. And not just, like, my family, but, like, my community. Like, I have so many, like ideas and charity ideas that i really want to do for people because i generally just have a soft soft spot for like helping people i feel like Um, money corrupts though not that it's going to corrupt you i just think in general like you can only care to a certain extent because you can only give so much and then you're just not going to be rich yeah yeah of course so i because you know how people are like oh well why aren't they doing anything well because then they wouldn't be rich and they're already rich and who like they want to stay rich probably yeah yeah I would definitely though invest. If I can buy a lot of money, I wouldn't just like give it away. I would definitely invest so that money can keep coming back to me. But you know, would you explore outer space or under the ocean? I think outer space because I'm afraid of the dark. And obviously space is dark. But I think there's more things to look at in the distance, and the ocean is just dark in general. Like, there's, it's literally darkness. Well, submarines, because if you're going underwater, you have, you know, I'm assuming you're going in a submarine, right? Mm-hmm. And they have, like, lights. You can only see the front, though. That's true. You can't really see, like, Yeah, the but thing. the animals that they see are so fucking scary looking. Yeah. Like, no. I would never want to witness that. But you know what? Also, the animals that have, like, vibrant rainbow lights, I would love to see that. Yeah. I think, you know what? Fuck it. The ocean, because where's Atlantis, baby? I what happened there? I just... <laughs> hey, come on, man. They're hiding. They said, the, fuck the humanity. government, there's a reason we don't explore the ocean. I definitely believe that. There's a reason why we're focusing so much on outer space and not enough on literally 70% of what covers this entire Earth. Oh, if you guys didn't know, NASA was originally intended to explore underwater. Was and it? they did. Yep. Yep. NASA was originally intended to explore underwater. <laughs> they said, fuck and that they shit. explored it, bitch. They did their due diligence. And guess what? They said, fuck no, baby. <laughs> now we're going to research outer space. We need to get the fuck out of here. That's what they said. So I don't know, y'all. Uh, honestly, I'm stuck because I feel like I would like to explore underwater. But um, same. I just feel like I'm terribly afraid of drowning. That's like another thing. That I'm just like, fuck, like just water, you know, I don't know something could go wrong and I could just drown. And I that's so scary to me. And also, like, outer space is just so beautiful, you know, just, like, being out there. But then what kills it for me about outer space is the fact that, like, the ship could, like, explode before it even makes it out of. But, oh, I thought we were talking, like, if we if we were, like, guaranteed not to die. Oh, well, see, I'm really thinking about dying. So I would just be scared <laughs> about, like, orbiting out and, like, exploding my ship. And then I also just hate the fact that it would take, like, years and months. I don't know. I don't know how long it takes, but it would take months, you know, for me to have to go out there years and come back. And I just don't think I could be away from my family for that long. Have you seen Interstellar? Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. So literally, I don't think I would be able to do that. 
Um, if your child was like, don't leave, you would stay? Yeah, I would stay. I would for sure say I, I don't I wouldn't have the heart like I wouldn't and especially because I'm not a, obviously I understand why he left he's a freaking that's his job he was in love with space so oh he true he was a pilot he's he a, a pilot so he that was his passion so I, I understand why he left um but I would I'm, I'm not a pilot I don't really care about space <laughs> so I would it's say it's not my calling it's not so I would say <laughs> but um if I had to definitely choose though I'd probably just do the underwater because, I mean, I guess if I were to drown, it would just be a couple seconds or minutes before it happened. So, fuck it. That's hard. Cause it is hard. I feel like, yeah, you're right. I would do under the ocean. Only because, like, outer space, there's only so much you can learn if you don't really have the tools necessary. And I feel like with a good submarine, you could pretty much, <laughs> you could pretty much get down there. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Go on the black market. You know. <laughs> oh my god! Mm. How do you set boundaries with a toxic mother? Well, for me personally, I feel like um, my mom. I don't want to say she's really that toxic anymore. I feel like over the past year or two, she's really seen the changes in me and my older sister. Because I feel like my older sister is definitely on her healing journey as well. And um, I feel like she's learned in a sense to kind of like back off. But there's still moments where she kind of wants to go off on us and just, you know, yell. And she sometimes can be emotionally abusive. But I feel like for me, what I've just, I try to level with her. And one thing that I definitely do is I keep my tone neutral i don't because i used to like get into like yelling battles with her and yell at her and things like that i try not to do that anymore i keep my tone neutral uh i don't attack her personally because i can't control her uh and it's not going to help for me to like kind of nitpick at what she does because she has no control over it either she has no she has no self-awareness she has no emotional awareness and i've kind of accepted that this is like the mother i have and i have to work with it um, and I still live with her, so I have to kind of just, when she kind of wants to tell me something, like, be, like, emotionally abusive or, like, say something toxic, um, I just kind of say something like, um, I understand you're frustrated or upset, but this isn't the way that I want to have this conversation. If you're going to be insulting me, if you're going to be raising your voice, or if you're going to be saying, like, mean things, I'm going to walk away. So if we can have a conversation without those things, I'll sit through the conversation with you, and if you can't, we're not going to have this conversation because I can only control my boundaries. And I feel like a lot of people have like this misconception where it's like, oh, I'm going to set this boundary and you have to respect it. You have to like follow my boundary. But no, people can't do that. It's you set the boundary and you have to enforce it. Mm. So I'm going to enforce the boundary because that's what I that's my boundary. So I enforce it. Mm -hmm. So if you could tell someone I don't like it when you yell at me. So that's my boundary. And they keep yelling at you, but you're still standing there. You're not enforcing your boundary. Mm -hmm. So if someone starts yelling at you and your boundary is don't yell at me, you just have to walk away. So that's what I do. I walk away. And I've already walked away so many times from my mom. And I've never done that before. And like a lot of times she would even come like smack, like fucking bang on my door, not open it. You know, she was like, yell and like call my name and like expect a response from me. And that happened so many times to the point where like now she already learned like me yelling and hitting not and opening the door it's not gonna do anything so it's just kind of it's obviously hard in those moments it can be very frustrating but 
it's kind of just reinforcing the boundary and like sticking to what you say you're gonna do and that's kind of like the advice i have i guess that helps one. <laughs> yeah you give very good advice love thank you thank you okay um where the hell did it go do negative comments affect you in any way how do you guys deal with them i love you thank you we love you too love you um they used to yeah i don't think so they do so much anymore i just don't read them anymore <laughs> like that's just really it like i just yeah. don't even bother looking because yeah. they don't know you and they're just basing it off of this little clip and they're also yeah. assuming that you you know like we're just here having a good time it's not necessarily that we're like yeah because a lot of people say negative things i don't even know how to explain this i i want to if you don't mind me go for it go for um, it a lot of people have their own biases and i feel right. like a lot of people grow with the mentality it's like if people don't think the way i do then they're wrong or they're not right or i'm gonna or i'm i'm allowed to judge them because mm -hmm, people right. people think it's my way or the highway like my way is the right way nobody has nobody a lot of people weren't taught to kind of have the duality of like i have my experiences my thoughts my beliefs and other people's are different and i can respect them and a lot of people don't have that so definitely coming mm -hmm. into this space reading neg negative comments could be triggering and because as you know as humans our ego wants to protect us and you know well they're not right you know they don't you know it kind of feels like at least for me in the beginning kind of feel like damn like it's really hard um and when i say the beginning i mean like my younger days not right now um like social media like if people said something because i remember one time on twitter somebody dragged me for um i somebody slid in my dms right mm -hmm. and they were asking me out like on a date or something and for every like dm they sent me i would respond with like one word and i would just say like fork and then they would keep the conversation going and i would respond like napkin and they would respond and mm -hmm. we were just having a conversation and i wasn't i was literally saying nothing to this man and um I posted a screenshot about my Twitter because I thought it was funny. And the amount of hate I got, dude, oh my God, I got dragged on Twitter by mostly men that were triggered by this because they don't, they couldn't handle rejection. And they were literally calling me a heartless bitch. That's why girls, that's why nice guys, you know, can't win. And like they were literally saying that I was heartless and ugly for that and I was going to be alone forever and I was a fucking bitch and they were like telling me hasta lo que me iba a morir like they were telling me like all like so like mm -hmm. so much shit and I was in high school at the time and dude I literally felt like I was dying like I literally like mm -hmm. my my fight or flight kicked in at the time and I was also too scared to stand up for myself and like respond to the comments because in my mind I knew it was for me it was just like a joke like it wasn't I was harmless in mm -hmm. my eyes I was just being funny you know the fact that the guy kept responding to the DMs, like, it was, like, just funny to me. Like, it wasn't, like, serious. Yeah. And even the guy himself, when he saw the hate that I was getting, he was, like, telling me in the DMs, like, yo, like, I thought it was funny. Like, I didn't even think, like, it was that serious. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he obviously picked up that it was a joke. That's why he kept, like, responding to my And a, a lot of times the hate comments are just dudes. Yeah. And, and you can't really, now I've learned that you can't really take offense to it only because they're yeah. saying things that like they're, that it's unnecessary. Or even when girls are like, oh, these bitches are fucking stupid. Like, 
who are you? Why are you saying like I don't know you at all? And I think yeah. that's it now that I'm like I don't know these people. Like I think um one of the comments I was like fighting with someone and they were like that's why these bitches are gonna be alone forever. Me had just gotten <laughs> married and I'm like see like people are just taught like to talk out of their ass. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's now it's easy to not take offense because you're like okay yeah. well it's just someone that has doesn't have anything to do and would rather just spit hate on yeah. just anyone really. It's not um, it's not anything personal to us. It's yeah. just them being assholes yeah and one thing that i've definitely has helped me is like um i i feel like i filter negative comments in two ways um one is like the people that are just talking straight out their ass they have absolutely no idea of who i am and the comments that are negative that i don't resonate with that are that are really i can say like well this i know this doesn't affect me this Mm -hmm. is not who i am this is just a person seeing like a clip of me online or um they're just like their own biases are in this comment like i'm able to like just filter those out and be like okay well like i don't those don't mean anything to me like Mm -hmm. they easily slide off my back like i don't care about those because i know i i've learned to not take those things personal but then there are some other negative comments that trigger me because i know there's a sense of truth to them like for example the comments of like where i interrupt and i'm a fucking bitch because i don't let people speak Obviously, they could have said that in a more nicer way, Mm -hmm. you know, if they really felt that way. And I would have, you know, like constructive criticism, I would have taken better to that. But those obviously trigger me. And I would uh, in that moment kind of want to respond and defend Mm -hmm. myself because I knew that they were true, you know. Yeah. And those comments, um, I I don't read the comments anymore either. So, like, I don't know what people are saying nowadays. But um, (laughs) in those, I was just kind of able to kind of like calm my fight or flight when I would read those and trigger myself. Um, it was definitely really good that I had people like you and so and other like people around me that I love to lean on to talk to about these things that triggered me. But ultimately, at the end of the day, also coming back to my body and feeling those, but also telling myself like, okay, we know we're in trip, but we also know why we do it and we're working on it, and that's okay. And um, and just kind of like working through those difficult emotions and then just letting them go but Mm -hmm. again not taking it personal because i know it's something that i'm working on i know it's something that um uh it's natural also in a sense you know so um yeah i guess that's that's kind of like how we deal with i think also too um what used to trigger me a lot was when or still kind of does i guess when we mention a comment and people are like oh they don't do any fucking research blah 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 (laughs) That used to trigger me a lot because I'd be like, damn, like, that's true. Maybe I should do more research. Yeah. But I also think it's cool. Not cool, but I think it's sad that people, their way of educating you are to bring you down in the process. Yeah. Instead of just sharing the information, you know, I think like even when I listen to other podcasts that maybe also don't do that much research, they just kind of mention a topic. Then I go and I do my own research. And I think that's cool that even if we don't know that much about it, it's still something that you can learn from because now you're hearing a topic that maybe you never heard of before. Yeah. And you're going to do your own research and you're going to go look it up if it catches your attention. But I think I noticed a lot that, um, people really get really offended if you don't yeah. fully know exactly what you're talking about and it's hard to because yeah. you can't know everything and even if you do someone's always going to disagree with the information that you're giving exactly. so now i do when when people yeah. get upset i'm i go and read and i'm like okay yeah. well now i know like yeah. i didn't know them but i do know now yeah. and the negative comments were unnecessary yeah. to the information and like even to say like so our producer he has his own show i and friends and he does a lot of research when he like puts out like stories or like mm-hmm. you know 
anything like about history, you know, like the new history. And he does his research and he still gets hate on yeah. the things. So it's like, yo, like you can never win. And that mm-hmm. just teaches you like, just do what you're going to do. Know that people are going to support it. and People are probably going to hate on it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's okay. As long as you're doing what you love, just keep pushing forward. The people that are going to resonate and are meant to hear it and support you will and just ignore everything else. Definitely. And another thing that also helps me with the hate, especially when people like are just like you said, they don't give construction constructive criticism. They're just like hating and being saying mean comments, calling you stupid and like all these things. When I read those comments, I imagine them as kids. And I imagine them as children because I feel like the way you handle um someone having like opposing thoughts is it go it the way you handle it shows a lot about the way you were taught to handle it. And if you had friends or parents or family members that called you stupid or, you know, made you feel like you were dumb or or instead of helping you understand or teaching you in a nice way, you know, gave you like derogatory comments or made you feel even more dumber or like pushed you around. If that's the way you grew up, then I see why they come onto the internet and just fucking do the same thing. Let their outlet out there. Exactly. They don't they don't have a better way of expressing mm-hmm. that. So that's just the way they were taught. And that's what I mean. Like I'm able to have compassion for people that don't that, you know, kind of try to throw hate at me. I'm able to not take it personal because I'm like, damn, like this person is this way because of the way they grew up, the experiences that they had, the way they were programmed to think and speak. And if they grew up with perfect parents, quote unquote, I know they don't exist, but if they grew up with a different kind of people or were surrounded by different people that, you know, showed love and constructive criticism and just um, they wouldn't be that way. You know, they wouldn't be hopping on here and be like, you're fucking stupid, bitch. You don't know what you're talking about. They would be like, hey, you know what? I The know curly haired dumb one. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't say things like that. They would be like, hey, I, I'm I'm acknowledging your effort. Thank you for trying to spread awareness on this topic. But here just, are a few but here are a few, Yeah, but here are a few things to help you in your research. You know, that's the way that a person that, you know, knows what the... Yeah, no, no, no definitely. Know, they, they like were, that's a way to, that, approach, to approach someone mm-hmm. that maybe isn't as yeah. not um as you know what we mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, y'all know what we you mean. You know what we're talking you know, about. You know, what I mean. you know, if you have brain cells, you could put two and two together. You and know at the mean. end of the day, also, you think you guys need to realize that we're fucking dumb. You know, we might a little bit. We're trying our best. We're, we're dumb, but we're not dumb. It's just we got a little brain farts. And Sorry. You know, yeah, we get a little brain farts, and that's okay. And you know what? Like at the end of the day. Just please always keep in mind that this show is called I Am Besties. This is a show of fun conversations where we learn, but we also are really just here to have a good time. So, all right, besties, that wraps up our YouTube episode special of a Q&A where we answered all your questions that you guys had for us. We truly enjoyed it. I think it was a really fun that episode. Fun. You guys definitely got to know us on another deeper more close level where you guys you know got our answers and you know got to pick our brains a little bit and we truly enjoyed all the questions you guys really had some really good Mm -hmm. questions so thank you guys for everyone that dropped a question we truly appreciate you guys for supporting we love you guys we have so much fun filming these videos for you guys so definitely definitely so yeah so as always that wraps up today's episode i am your host vanessa casares and i'm stephanie ramirez and you can find me on steph scott milk and you can find me um, bloomingvc.vic on Instagram and TikTok and bloomingvc on Twitter. Love you, besties. See you guys next week. Thank you so much if you made it through this whole video. Love you guys. Bye.